welcome to a special edition of No Dunks. I'm Trey Kirby. We've got Skeets and Tass on the line, JD, making the magic happen. And we are all very excited to welcome our guest today. He's a host on Yahoo's Dunk Bait, one of the creators of Comedy Central's Legends of Chamberlain Heights. And if you follow him on Twitter, you already know he's the king of the memes. Josiah Johnson, thank you so much for joining us today. What up, Legends? Appreciate you guys for having me on. This is like a, you know, a blessing. I've been waiting for this moment for years and years and years. So to join y'all, I'm super excited, man. Thank y'all for having me. We had to get you on before you got too big time for us, man. <laughs> yeah, we're riding your wave right now. And honestly, it feels good. Uh, but you're out in L.A. Um, hopefully you're staying safe out there. How, how are things uh, pandemic-wise for you right now? I mean, I'm, I was a, a big believer in the social distancing and kind of we shut stuff down fairly early, like, you know, mid-March. So we haven't really been doing much, even still at the grocery store and gloves and, and the mask. So for, for us, it's been great. I got two kids and a wife, so we've been able to obviously bond a lot more with the kids. Like, we're here all day with them, so they're super happy. and They don't really know what's going on in the world. But honestly, for me, it's like I know you guys, too. I love, I love basketball. I would love to see the season start again. So now I'm hopeful and optimistic that other people get their shit together and start social distancing and quarantining and listening to all the shit that actual experts are saying so we can all get back to enjoying our lives and living a somewhat, somewhat normal life again. Yeah, that would certainly be nice. We we shall see if it happens. We're about three weeks now uh, from the NBA trying to restart their season uh, in Orlando. You know, the Magic showed up just recently. Other teams are going to be getting there this week. Of course, case numbers are exploding in Florida, but there has been a lot of planning going into the bubble idea. You know, if you're playing cards, you got to throw them away at the end of the night. No doubles in ping pong. Josiah, what do you think about this 22-team restart? Look, I think obviously I understand the ramifications if they don't start and kind of everybody losing their money. So I think it's obviously, you know, motivated a lot by that. And who am I to tell people not to earn a living or what they have to do? I think anytime you talk about taking the best that the NBA has to offer and sending them to Florida, I would be very concerned just knowing how Floridians don't really, you know, like rules and regulations or, or doing anything that makes any any sense whatsoever. Obviously, they're having like record case numbers and shit. We keep getting told that this bubble is going to be like this, you know, this great biodome. But then it's like, oh, well, some people will get to leave and come and they can do this and that. And the Disney cast members are doing their own shit. I'm super, I'm concerned, man. You know, you're seeing guys like Dinwiddie, I think, tapped out today. And, and guys, you know, slowly but surely kind of making their decision. Avery Bradley with the Lakers, you know, I think so. I can't fault the guy either way for wanting to go or not. I think, you know, ultimately these guys love basketball. They want to play. They're willing to risk it. They're obviously not in the target demo of, of really being impacted by COVID in the way that a lot of people are. So I'm, I'm curious to see. And then, and then obviously, again, with everything going on too socially with kind of Black Lives Matter movement and all that type of stuff, how they'll be able to kind of still keep that going while they're all sheltered away in a bubble for the next three months. But my thing is like, look, if these guys are comfortable doing it, I'm more like, look, I've done AAU tournaments and, and stuff like that. Those things are like four or five days long. You're asking guys to go spend three months at Disney World. You know, I, you know, I could see it going either way. I would probably lose my mind in that situation. But this is the greatest the AAU race, tournament so. ever. It's like at some point, it's like how many, how many pay-per-view movies and room service or whatever. It's like you, you start to become like a, a prison and you're in your own hell every day. But I know these guys want to do what they need to do to play. So I, I support them either way. If you were in the bubble, if you were going to have to be at Disney for three months, what are you going to be doing? I'm, I'm just, I'll probably be reading a lot of books, writing some scripts, and really trying to just get in touch with my, you know, get the family out there and do that. But 
I don't know, more or less probably not trying to kill my teammates, I think, really. Really. Uh, Stay alive. You got to see this dude every single day now. At some point, it's like, yo, LeBron, stop talking. I don't care or whatever. You know, Rondo, leave me alone. Stop playing that shit. Like, you know, at some point, these dudes are going to really, like, you know, just butt heads with each other. So I would be more just trying to keep my sanity, keep my my own time and space, and then obviously just try and, you know, stay in touch as much as possible with the real world and everything going on. Yeah, this is going to be insane. It's like, I almost forget they're actually going to go through with this, or that's the plan still. With everything like you just said, Josiah, going on, it's like, oh my God, we're going to try and play basketball in a dome, or yeah, in a bubble, whatever the hell you want to call it, on this campus environment. It just seems... It, it seems like something we would try and write, and people would be like, no, we're not doing that. That's not believable, man. Yeah, if we're going to pass on that script, so you're like, no, we're going to try this. Like, I'm a child of the 80s, early 90s. I've seen Biodome. Yep. You know, I, I know what happens when you got two. You got Polly Shore, and I don't even know what Baldwin Brother was, to be honest with you. But <laughs> it's, like, it's like 40 of them, like, you know. But you got, you got them going in and out of the dome, having turnups and all that type of stuff. You can't tell me, like, Harden and some of these other dudes that, that enjoy hitting nightclubs and you know, gentlemen of leisure are going to try and have it turned up in the bubble. There's going to be a lot of, honestly, a lot of stuff that I don't even think people are thinking about, like IG model shortages and, you know, <laughs> jumping ship and just all types of things. They're, they're really pulling from the same pot there. So, like, you know, IG models on one person's list when they should have been on somebody else's. What kind of beef is that going to cause? What's Pat Bev going to be doing at, at Westbrook's and Harden's games in the stands talking shit? Like, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. I think we're going to see these dudes kind of a whole new way and I'm kind of excited about it if it does end up happening right right yeah I definitely hope we get some sort of moments where you know a player is watching another team play and they're talking trash to him like that's that's what it would be happening at an AAU tournament right like yeah. you would be going and checking in on everybody yeah. else to see how they're doing um hopefully that's the case when you're still making millions of bucks yeah for sure I'm, I'm hoping to see these guys like doing pranks and stuff too I know that was kind of the funner things at AAU like you know you'd have t- 10 t- 15 teams staying in a hotel together. We we didn't know each other, but you know you're getting you're getting all type of shit going on at night. You know, <laughs> so I'm not gonna get too into it. We used to, we used to oh, I was gonna say like, no. It sounds like you've got a story to share there. Well, we were at UCLA. We used to have this thing. We used to have a phantom pooper on the squad. He would basically steal your room key. He'd go go in your your room and take leave a big shit in your toilet waiting for you <laughs> as you came in, and that became like our running gag. Who's the phantom pooper? So. You know, things like that, I can definitely see those type of things happening as, as it devolves and kind of just goes crazy, but I'm excited. Like in the hall, right as you open the door? <laughs> no, or no, in no. the toilet. <laughs> in, the, in the actual toilet, but leave a big turd just sitting waiting for you in the toilet when you walk in. And it's just like, oh, you got phantom pooped on. So yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see a Darren Ravel tweet with the odds on who is the phantom pooper in the NBA bubble. <laughs> Plus 350, Westbrook, play that money, yeah. I'm going to say Caruso just because I think he would be the one you least expect. <laughs> well, you mentioned you mentioned the Lakers there, Josiah. I know you're a big uh, L.A. guy. I know you're a big LeBron fan. Are they the favorites in Orlando? Anthony Davis says they've got a better chance now than when the season shut down. Look, I told you guys earlier I was a big fan of social distancing quarantining. I get the suspicion that the Lakers weren't quite in that same, you know, same <laughs> situation. So they've been practicing getting it in, waiting for this moment. I think the thing that concerns me, I was, you know, around heavy in 2011 during the lockout, and we saw when guys came back and tried to play, there was a rise in injuries when they were mm-hmm. kind of in charge of their own conditioning and the NBA is kind of trying to force this thing back. And now we're asking them to do that and go right into the playoffs, basically. So if they can stay healthy, I think they've got a better chance than anybody. Obviously, Dwight saying he was coming was, was big news and super exciting for us as Laker fans. 
I just worry, and like we've talked about, like, you know, with the Rona and how it's moving, like, you, you know, I would hate for LeBron to get a 3-1 lead in the finals, then get hit with the Rona or something. Now he can't play for 17 days. At that point, it's just like pull the plug on the game and let's reset it. And like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's funny. That's interesting you say that because there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of weeks this idea of like, would the champion, if it happens and we get an NBA champion, would there be an asterisk on it? And, you know, a lot of the players saying no, coaches saying no, some fans saying no, some saying yes. Where do you fall on that one? Like, like, like you just said, if LeBron gets it, I mean, you can't convince me otherwise that there is no asterisk on this title. Uh, but where do you, what do you think? Well, as a LeBron fan, obviously, if he wins, there's no asterisk. If he loses, we're going to have to reconsider some things and have some discussions. <laughs> Reassess, sure. But I, think, I mean, like Giannis said, I think earlier in the week, like, you know, this will probably be the toughest situation. Like like we said before, like, you've got, you got Pat Bev now able to go to games and literally talk shit, and the guys can hear him talking the whole game. Now yeah. imagine, like, there's that, that funny Kevin Garnett clip with the Eric Gordon shot. Now imagine mm-hmm. if you're hearing that every possession right. from a dude like Pat. It's just a whole other level of mental. Like, there's no home court advantage. Like I said, these guys have to be, you know, stuck with each other on this bubble for months on end. So for me, I don't. I think it would probably be the the most impressive championship. Hmm. Whoever wins it, I, I mean, I, I just want to make sure we see actually that we, you know, we, we say that in the hopes that there's going to be no issues and everything's going to be kind of, you know, no no injuries or illnesses or anything like that. But for me, I think whoever wins it, you know, win, lose, or draw, they, 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 they probably have one of the most impressive championships in NBA history. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, it's very hard to predict, even if the season is gonna restart three weeks from now. Let alone who's actually gonna be healthy enough to be playing in the finals three and a half months from now. Uh, but I don't know. Some people might know your dad is Marcus Johnson. He's a former five-time All Star, but also the current Bucks broadcaster. The yeah. Bucks are the best team in the East. The Lakers are the best team in the West. What happens if it's Lakers Bucks oh. in the finals? Honestly, for. Like, you know, I got all allegiance and loyalty to Pops. Uh, you know, they retired his jersey last year. They've shown him nothing but love. I'm, I'm a LeBron fan at heart. He knows that. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be some difficult situations. He, he understands <laughs> what it is. Obviously, he, he's riding with the Bucks and he loves Giannis and this young crew. It's going to be tough. Like, you know, I had this vision before everything happened. Like, y'all was going to be I – could, I couldn't really lose. Whether the Clippers, Lakers went from the West, the Bucks were coming from the East. So, L.A. was going to be turned up. I was going to have probably more action in Milwaukee than L.A. Just in terms of <laughs> – tickets and you know they're super great out there and great to you know my dad and his family but you know it's it's a tough situation I would I would just want to see good basketball being played obviously everybody's staying healthy of course I want LeBron to win his fourth ring and and kind of elevate the Lakers and really kind of for everything that's happened in this city you know with Kobe passing and things like that I think would be great to really help uplift LA but I don't think that's kind of the mandatory thing it's not you know it's not a winner for Kobe type thing Mm -hmm. but more just you know you could really honor his legacy by having that mob of mentality and getting that ring. So I'm rolling with the Lakers, but if the Bucks win, hey, I'll, I'll be at the parade in Milwaukee. <laughs> smart, smart. After a signing this week, uh, I actually thought of you, Josiah, because the Lakers finally confirmed J.R. Smith is coming to the Lakers. I don't think there's a bigger J.R. Smith fan in the world than you. I thought I was on his back. I thought, man, this is a, this is a perfect 13th guy. He's going to come in and hit a shot. Hey, if LeBron contracts the virus... J.R. Smith is there, man. He's going to win it. Do you think there's a bigger J.R. Smith fan in the world right now than you? Because I'm pretty sure there is not. J.R. Smith, honestly, has been, been good to me just from a social standpoint and, and getting numbers up. I, I think he's got a <laughs> – look, he's got like kind of a like, – almost like a JaVale McGee type of situation where JaVale was heavy on Shaq, and so I think it caused people to overlook all the great stuff that he does and he brings brings to the floor. 
think Jr. You know, there's a reason LeBron's allowing him back on the team. Like if if all these situations, you know, were you know as such, like LeBron really would be like, no, you can't fucking sign Jr. Right. But I think him being super excited, passionate about bringing Jr. Jr. Dude who stepped up. I know we like to shit on him for obviously that game one, you know, gaff or whatever, but. He's also a guy that stepped up numerous times, had LeBron's back, and just hilarious dude when you, when you look at him. I remember, like, early on in his career, he used to be in Westwood in the summer times, and I went to UCLA, and I lived, lived, lived there for a number of years after school. But we'll see him, like, riding a skateboard around Westwood, with, you know, just like this is like J.R. Smith, big six-foot-seven dude. Like, <laughs> and you're just like, yo, this dude is a legend, man. So I've always had the utmost respect for him. And obviously, if LeBron's rocking with him, I got to rock with him, no doubt. You said, you said he was good to you uh, in terms of, like, I guess, what, helping your – blow up your Twitter followers and stuff like that on social? Is that what you meant by that? So he, has there like, been other players that have done that? I mean, I, look, one of the greatest run I had was probably like August, September last year when Antonio Brown was doing, you know, it was like every day it was something new. He was, he was a Raider, he was a Patriot, he was yeah. a this, he was a that. But literally just got off a string of videos around that point, just kind of centered, like, you know, using Get Out as the template with yeah. him, going to, him going to New England and what that would be like for him and how they basically have him in the sunken place and <laughs> they would get, get his shit together. Obviously, I was wrong, but, I mean, obviously, LeBron is always always the go-to. He's always heat. Uh, Melo, at, at a point, you know, before he got signed, you, you could always get, you know, some, some good views out of pretty much anything Melo does. But really, just it, it just depends on whatever the mood is. But JR, when he had gotten to that situation during the, uh, during the, uh, the protests and, the, and demonstrations in L.A. and somebody, like, fucked up his car mm-hmm. and he proceeded to kick the dude's ass, like, for me, like, I live for those moments because it's like, look, you're completely not at fault. Like, you have the right to just kind of tee off on this dude. So, did a mashup of Menace to Society with, with a video I've been waiting to use for a long time that just <laughs> picked up perfectly for that moment where it was like, yo, I don't, I don't really like to normally support violence, but, like, in this case, it was like, let this be a message to other idiots who think it's okay to, mm-hmm. like, this is not what these, these protests and these situations are about. We're not about breaking shit. Like, we're trying to get meaningful change, man. So, you idiots out there that are doing dumb shit, this is what's going to happen to you if you, if you keep doing it. Yeah, that's amazing. You were actually sitting on the video. You're like waiting to use it. You're just like, I need something to happen that these will yeah. like blend together. It's incredible. No wonder yeah, you're the yeah. Twitter meme king for sure. I just get random random clips pop up in my head. Like I watched it. I thankfully now I really thank my parents for like I used to watch a ton of TV growing up, a ton of movies. <laughs> Literally be at like the the AMC movie theater in Central City out here, movie hopping as a kid, like watching four or five movies in a day. So I just got random shit that just like pops in my brain at all times. Like anything I see, it'll just make me think of like something in a movie or a clip. And I thought, like, oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta use this. I know there's a ton of people who are in my age range that really would appreciate kind of reliving this moment and then also seeing it correlated to what's going on now in, in the pop culture, the NBA Twitter landscape. I heard you on uh, the uh, crossover podcast with Rod Benson and Chris. Okay. Uh, loved okay. it. It was so good. And you were talking about you. Were, you guys were supposed to get together to talk about white man can't jump. I think you yeah. talked about it for about five minutes. But yeah, your dad was in that. And uh, you talked about just how serious your dad took that role. And we did a, like, a film session on it. We were talking about the whole movie. And we were talking, and it's not a surprise, like, he sort of stole, he stole his scenes that he's in. And if not the whole movie, at least some of the funnier parts of the movie. Because it is, like, this sort of weird rom-com type of movie. Exactly. But that's pretty cool that he's, like, he's still a player or he's, you know, near the end of his career and stuff like that. But he, like, he really dedicated himself to the, to the craft of, of acting, it sounded like. The thing that people don't know about my dad, and, and he's honestly my inspiration, the reason that I've been so successful in the entertainment side, he's one of the most talented, incredible, just creative artists. Like, he was a theater arts major at UCLA, literally as, like, a, you know, national champion, college player of the year, senior year. He was hosting, like, a, a TV show on campus, doing a ton of acting, ton of ton of writing and scripts and stuff. So 
for him, you know, like all that stuff is second nature, but to see him transform into that character, and he literally looked a lot like I do now, he got like the quarantine look on, <laughs> but he's been character for like two or three months, so you see him around the house looking like Rain Man, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's still being like, he's still be doing the shit, but I remember seeing it in the theater for the very first time and seeing how everybody in the theater reacted, I was probably like 10 years old at this time, and I'm just like, wow, this, this is like, this is, this is gonna be legendary, you know, people are gonna be talking about this for a long time. And, and you said he, uh, you said he ad libbed like the voice change, like for the yeah. for the scene where he does the the stick up, right? Yeah, he did like his best Mike Tyson for that. He was like, no, no, this ain't ripping up. Because they did, they did a bunch of takes, and Ron Shelton, like obviously super great to work with. He did uh, blue chips with him as well, so I think him and my dad really got along. But kind of let my dad. And that's the thing, like people wonder about my quirkiness or whatever. Like I'm fully convinced if my dad was my age now, he'd be dominating social he'd have wow. all the funniest stuff going on like it's just like it's just he's passed that down to us because he was doing shit when he was young in the nba with his friends like they would make like home movies but be the most random absurd shit like this is like an nba all-star but he's making movies with his friends <laughs> passed out and shit and like just like you know just just dumb quirky shit like memes before memes and stuff like if he had a camera phone and resources back then you know May not have ended well because he might have, you know, he might have got two turned up to be. <laughs> <laughs> memes before memes, he invented the term uh, "point forward" as well, right? Is he like yeah. constantly bringing that up anytime you see it on a broadcast? He's like, "Hey, that's mine." This is the thing that everybody kind of kind of says when they think like, "Oh man, you said you were the first point forward." He's like, "No, I never said I was the first point forward. I just came up with the term." And I think, you know, I think it was like '82 or '83 in the playoffs, and Don Nelson had asked him to initiate the offense. And he's like, well, instead of a point guard, I'm a point forward. And now he's like, yeah. But so to hear him now and see that position and guys like LeBron, who I don't really, I always say LeBron's more of a true PG, but, you know, guys like that have played that position now and kind of elevated that platform with Scottie Pippen and people like that, to now see him getting a little bit of love and recognition because the stuff he was doing back in the, the late 70s, early 80s, I watch tape and I, you know, look like he's my dad and I love him, but I'll, I'll tend to hate on him sometimes. Like you weren't that good. <laughs> and I'll put in, put in tape of him dunking on Daryl Dawkins or, or blocking Kareem's shit or doing some, some stuff. I'm like, all right, all right, I mean, you know, or, you know, in the last dance, Jordan had the poster of, of my pops when he was in Milwaukee. And he's like, yeah. Yo, this is one of my, you know, we had known, we had obviously seen the photo for years and been a sports illustrator, but never seen that video before. So for him, he's kind of flexing all, on all of us. Like, yeah, I was that good at one point. So. As you should, as you should. Well, the other question, I guess, um, from the bubble, the other big question is who's going to get the eighth seed? You know, there's a big chance uh, chase for the eighth seed in the West. It's probably not happening in the Eastern Conference to get anything of like a play-in game. But uh, which team would you like to see actually get the eighth seed in the West, move on, likely facing the Lakers? You know, you're probably only getting four games, but it could be a fun four games. Look, this is, I mean, I think everybody I know the league is, would be super excited if we could get a Zion versus LeBron kind of, you know, like that, that, that Jordan Bird type of feel, mm-hmm. you know, that passing of mm-hmm. the torch, passing of the guard type of game. I think they've, they've kind of gone out of their way to push it a little bit. I love John. I love what the Grizzlies have been able to do. So I would love to see him in there as well. But I've also, I think on Dunk Bay, uh said that I don't know how, how much I believe it, but I could see that Pelican squad really giving the Lakers a run for their money, taking them to six games. I don't think, obviously, they'll, they'll overwhelm them, but, you know, LeBron's on a different kind of clock than these young guys are. Like, mm-hmm. LeBron's clock is, is almost ending, so he needs, like, this four months didn't really help him. He just yeah. got four months older. For these young guys, Zion, Lonzo, B.I., like, they just got four months, you know, more seasoned, and they're getting closer to their prime now. I don't think, obviously, that's enough to make a huge difference, but... I can see these dudes coming in and giving the Lake, Lake Show a run for their money just in this environment where we don't have the, the home court advantage. You know, got Jack Nicholson courtside and Snoop. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, you know, the Lakers games are, you know, when you're at a Lakers game, that's a home court advantage. Where now if you're in a bubble, 
it's 15 people in the stands. A lot of guys can't really play in that situation. So it's going to be yeah. curious, interesting to see mentally, like where these younger guys are going to play in 100 AAU games this summer are used to kind of rocking out in gyms of any shape or size, how they're going to pair up with kind of these older guys that are used to playing in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I, we've talked about that, how the players will react to it, how the referees will react to no fans, I think is interesting. Obviously, the coaches, do they come at it differently? Yeah, it's going to be wild. And, you know, that's not maybe a bad thing, too. Like you were saying, you think the Pelicans might be able to, like, put up a fight at least against the Lakers. I think that's always good for, like, a title contender to get challenged, like, a little early, like, punched in the face, right, in the first round, like a little wake-up call even. And I know this whole bubble thing is going to be weird as it is, but that could be beneficial in a weird way, right, where it's not, like, just a cakewalk sweep. And I know you get the rest and all that, but... I think there's some benefit sometimes to being like, oh, wow, yeah, this is the playoffs. Like, nothing's easy here. I don't care who we're playing. So, yeah, Zion versus LeBron, you know, sign me up. And I think you could say that for everybody out there. It'd be fun. Yeah, I do think, uh, yeah, Zion brings out the best in LeBron too, right? Because yeah. they, they kind of see each other see each other in themselves. So yeah. it's like we see the picture of Zion wearing a mask in the weight room looking humongous. And the very next day we see another picture of LeBron <laughs> on the court looking even bigger in a mask as well. Like when they finally played against each other the first time, it was like LeBron came out. And knew he had to have a good game. He just knew, and that's a it's just. It's fun to say you're exactly right. It's very much like Jordan and Bird. You got to play well against the best guys. I think we're gonna see everybody with their shirt off before we <laughs> kick this thing off. Like seeing Rajon Rondo. Did you see Rajon Rondo? Oh yeah. Uh, hey, what was going on? What's, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at some of these dudes like like what's I think with a lot of these dudes get big. I think in the off season and then lose that weight as the year goes on. Like they bulk up. So I think we're seeing guys in, like, full bulk mode now. It's kind of yeah. wild. <laughs> well, like, yeah. Tony Bradley, like a jazz center, just said he accidentally fell into, like, 15 pounds of muscle or something like that. He just found <laughs> it on the street or something, he said. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. we got to see some weird bodies here. These guys are going to be ripped. Well, you mentioned it, Josiah. There's not going to be a home court advantage because – there's no fans in the stands. And something we've talked about a lot on the show is what fans are going to be able to do watching these games. People have suggested, you know, and there's like baseball teams that will you pay them a certain amount of money and they'll put your cutout in an empty stand. There's going to maybe be an app that you're tapping and it will seem like they are cheering in the arena. How can the league actually get fans involved when they can't actually be there? But this is, I mean, I think all those are great ideas, obviously, for revenue generation. I'd love to have a cardboard cutout of me sitting courtside at Laker games, for, you know, <laughs> but just standing there like, let, let us do whatever pose we want. I think they've got to figure out a way. I would almost say, like, let each team get a DJ, and then, then that DJ can control kind of whatever they want to do based on the flow of the game. Like, team scores, they can play crowd loud or whatever. But you're right. How do you how do you distinguish now? Or maybe the home team gets the DJ, and they get to do it, and the road team just got to, got to live with it. But how do you really – I don't, I don't think you can really simulate that. I think, mm -hmm. if anything, it'll just be, you know, I work in the entertainment industry. It'll be smoke and mirrors for us at home to think that, you know, yeah. that, that's where even they're pumping in crowd noise or whatever. I think they might have to do that just as a means of, for, for audio sake so we don't hear all the cursing. But also <laughs> working in production, you guys know you want clean audio. So I'm sure there's, a, you know, we can, we can add the, the sound and the filler, you know, in post and make that and make it all feel like it was the greatest game ever. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think, look, do, do whatever they can. I'm sure the NBA is smart. They want their money, so they'll figure out ways, whether it's cutouts or whatever, or maybe they'll, they'll make it like exclusive package for rich people and they can come. Like, I'd love to see like, one team, every team gets to select their favorite fan, and that fan can now come, and they got to be the voice of the team during the game or whatever. Stuff like that, I think, they think it really work. Yeah, I have it on good record that this whole idea about this app that you can tap as a, you know, a fan for your squad, 
if that happens, it's going to be completely fake. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to actually be tapping it, and it's going to get louder in their little gym there, the arena. You'll hear it on the broadcast, but it will have nothing to do with you tapping away on your app, people. I hate to, like you were saying, Josiah, it's all smoke and mirrors, guys, so don't get too excited. It's going to be loud in my living room skeets when I'm pounding on my phone. (laughs) Go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, my team not making the Orlando bubble. What do you think about this secondary loser bubble, Josiah? You've mentioned AAU a couple of times. It's never fun to play in the loser bracket. I don't know. Honestly, I, I think when guys heard that news, they were probably so pissed off. Like, you're going to make me come to the loser <laughs> bubble? And I feel like they're really just doing it to try and capitalize off off the Warriors, if I had to guess. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if we get, but again, if we get a Warriors-Cavs uh, loser bubble final, <laughs> I'd be comfortable with that. If, if, yeah. if, 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 the loser lawyer, if the loser Warriors blow a 3-1 lead to the loser Cavs, like, I think we would all find great humor in that. I know Twitter would go crazy, so... For me, I just think, I mean, I'm so concerned about just injury and just kind of knowing, like, you know, trying to trying to lower that risk. But I also get it. NBA needs their money. So, hey, you guys got to go to the shy, go make us some money. It is what it is. I think if I was those guys, I'd rather be in Orlando. But, yeah, you know, right. losers can't be choosers. Yeah. Yeah, I did talk to somebody today who brought up this point. He said, I listened to your show yesterday talking about that, and someone didn't bring up the fact that maybe they're just using it as a sort of a trial bubble for next season, considering like they may not be able to fly all over the place next year, and maybe they're going to have multiple bubbles like hockey is doing uh, next month in Toronto and Edmonton, uh, which I guess is possible, um, but... Nobody's watching that. I, no. I, I hope they don't televise that. I, I hope. I hope it's. I hope it's just a. If they do go and try it out, I hope it's just scrimmages so guys can get up and don't sit out from March to December, which kind of makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I'm not watching a toilet bowl. I don't think. <laughs> well, the last piece of bubble news that we've had this week is that ESPN's Mark Spears reported a list of approved social social messages that players are going to be able to put on the back of their jerseys. These include Black Lives Matter, I Can't Breathe, Say Her Name, Vote, and a whole bunch more. I know you were a little skeptical about the social messages on the back of jerseys before we found out about this list. What do you think now that we know what we might actually be seeing out there on the court? Like, I'm, I mean, I think, you know, you've seen some guys, I think Mike Scott or some other people kind of have raised that the point that they didn't really have a, enough of a say in kind of determining what social messages would be able to be put on the back of jerseys. I've been really kind of cautious with all the kind of performative stuff going on, the black squares or the, oh, we'll, we'll sing, lift every voice before games and all that. I think it's kind of all missing the point. I mean, even looking at the NBA where, like, you know, at the executive level, there's not a ton of black faces. Players make up with, like, 70-something percent of the league but that doesn't trickle upwards into management and ownership position. So I think at the end of the day, the social messaging, all that stuff is great. The black lives matter court and all that, but it's really like, my thing is like, what are you actually doing to help improve black life? What, what are you actually doing to make a conscious effort to improve, you know, the, the systemic issue that have been plaguing industries and corporations, Hollywood music, you know, sports, what are you really doing to make, make life better? Because all that shit to me just feels a little bit performative so you can pat yourself on the back and be like, hey, we did something, as opposed to being like, all right, what can we really do? Can we get on the ground level and help kids out and make, make this world a better place? Because it ain't going to be a you know Black Lives Matter painting on a court. That's not going to end racism. But I, I get it. I appreciate the gestures. I don't want to you know, you know, sound like I'm not appreciative of all that stuff. But I think you, know, you knew when they announced that there was going to be the potential. I think Grant Goldberg dropped the, the All Lives Matter with the Hayward <laughs> and sent the internet in the fury because it's like, yeah, yeah like, I mean, how, how are you supposed to, you know, you're saying you want social messages, but what if guys like, you know, that are Trump supporters or whatever want to put Trump 2020 or something like that? 
how can we now tell them like no you can't do that it just you know it doesn't it doesn't really make sense to me but we'll see where they end up I think you know I, I, I guess I would enjoy seeing if LeBron or somebody or people do that you know and I'm sure the NBA already has a way to, to sell those jerseys and obviously make some money so if that was a thing like and they're giving that money back to the community right right mm-hmm. that's we'll at see. least another little step of actually doing something if you can sell yeah. these jerseys and, and put it to a good cause 100% agree with that do you do you honestly think like do you think 99% 100% of the league will be rocking the the social media message of their choosing in the first couple of days what do you think what's your gut say uh, I don't know. Honestly, I think I'm, I'm curious to see what Caruso does. He's kind of the guy who really sets the bar for me for everything. So if Caruso, <laughs> Caruso comes out with like the Black Lives Matter jersey or whatever, like shut it down. He's an all-star for the rest of his career. <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's the GOAT. There's no more There's no more discussion. I'm curious. I, I don't want it to be a thing where guys who don't want to do it feel like they feel the pressure now. Like, oh, man, you don't want to put a social media. You only right. care for yourself or whatever. So, you know, I think – Look, even when all this stuff like was going on, you were seeing like people donating and they would post a screen grab like, hey, I donated money here and I did this and I did that. It's like, that's all great shit. But then you hear like two weeks later, all these people that got the money don't know what to do with the money. And mm. they never, you know, they don't, they're not experienced in using, you know, all these resources. Yeah. So they just make like calculated decisions in every, everything you do. But I would support guys either way because I feel like that's their decision. I don't think anybody should be pressured to have to put a message on the back of their jersey because they think it's cool or they're, you know, I mean, it's kind of some, some fake. Yeah, athlete. exactly. And that's my my one concern with it is we're going to lose total sight of the actual purpose of all of this um, is that people are going to get caught up of like, who's got one? Who doesn't? Oh, they took it off. Oh, they've changed. Like, oh my God, that's not what's important. But you can see how it's a sort of a distraction, right? It's for everybody like, oh, well, let's talk about this because maybe it's an easier or it is an easier thing to talk about than the actual issue. So yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what the, I actually do think a lot of them will, but whether they keep it on and all that will remains to be seen, I guess. I mean, take it off at halftime if they're having a bad game. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just like they don't, you know, like, oh, I can't, no, I'm not taking off the I can't breathe jersey because I've had a bad for I couldn't right. breathe in the first half. So I'm fucking, you know, go back to my regular one. Like, guys switch shoes all the time. You just, you know, now that's going to be the topic of conversation. Like, oh, we took off the, the Black Lives Matter jersey. What that I can already see like the 538 post breaking down. Um, whatever like message is doing the best you know what i mean like whoever's at, uh, wearing black lives matter is actually averaging 25 points per game which is 10 more than a group of economics over here like oh my god <laughs> i can see it now man oh man it's gonna be yeah uh, interesting i i appreciate the gesture like i said but we'll see if it really leads to actual meaningful mm-hmm. change like you know what i mean that that that'll really show us like all right you guys kind of got the message now gonna take a quick little break here read some ads we'll be right back fellas Are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The sun is shining, the ropes are jumping, and the bushes, well, they must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild, and they have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer which is simply the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave. And let me tell you, it works on your face too. Trust me, my wife used the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer to trim my beard just a few weeks ago, and while it's always a little bit scary to have your face hedges trimmed, I wasn't worried, because this third-generation trimmer features skin-safe technology to reduce manscaping and, yes, face hedging accidents. 
Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with a crop cleanser, preserver, and reviver because every good farmer knows that you've got to carefully tend those crops. It is an everyday thing, so do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. If you subscribe to the Perfect Package, you'll get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. And for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code THEATHLETIC. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment as soon as possible. But sometimes it can take almost a month to get in to see a doctor. But here's some good news. Our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Just grab your phone or computer and complete a free online visit. You'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You'll also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or you want to adjust your treatment plan. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash NoDunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash NoDunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Josiah, it was recently announced that you're going to be part of what's sure to be a huge project on Netflix. You've been working with acclaimed filmmaker Ava DuVernay on a dramatic scripted series, Colin in Black and White, which follows the high school years of Colin Kaepernick. I don't really know exactly what this is even going to be yet, and it already sounds awesome. What can we expect from this? It's funny. I appreciate you guys for doing the due diligence and research because everybody I've talked to has been like, oh, man, I can't wait to see the documentary and this, that. It's like... Not a documentary, it's scripted not. series, mm-hmm. it's literally scripted, you know, obviously dramatization, but I think you're going to see a, another side of Colin that people don't really know or understand. Everybody kind of thinks that, you know, he became super active in, in kind of the social issues and stuff, and it was like, oh, it was the NFL or because he, he lost his starting job for a moment or whatever it may be, but these things were really set in place a, a long time ago, and, uh, you know, I feel like he's got a bad rap from a lot of people in the media who said, oh, well, you had two white parents and you weren't this and you're not that. And just really showing what he dealt with kind of growing up in Turlock, California and how that made him the man who he is. And it's funny, people hear Turlock, California, you hear California, you think, oh, you know, coastal city, beach, super liberal. It's like, no, there, there's a whole other section of California that's, you know, super MAGA country. Like that, that's just how they get down. It really doesn't like, it's kind of, we call it like the armpit of, of Cali. Cause like <laughs> you, if you go there, if you go there expecting a good life, like nah, it's like, it's, it's really probably like similar to a place that you came from. It's not the beaches in Hollywood and all that type of stuff. So just for him to kind of grow up in that world, the stuff he dealt with in high school and to see, you know, you're talking about a guy who only had one scholarship offer coming out of high school and everything he did and fought to be a quarterback and how much it means to him to be a quarterback and for him to be willing to risk all of that, obviously, for the bigger for the bigger issue to raise awareness. Like, I mean, I, I, it was just amazing to be able to work with him, talk with him, and kind of just, you know, be able to really see what his life's like. He's like this, this humongous figure that, you know, is larger than life, but you just sit and talk with him and you see where his head's at. And he's just, you know, he's a brilliant dude. And I think that's why, whether it's football or anything, he's going to be super successful. 
Are you a writer on on the show then? Just yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So is he? So Colin's in the room with you guys before? I assume before, obviously the pandemic and stuff like that. Like going. He over- came. He came through a few times. He definitely. I think the thing about Colin just want to make everything obviously consistent to his story and authentic yep. to him and, and who he is. Like you know, he's not. He's not going to allow us to to, do, to obviously go crazy and go wild with kind of the storytelling. To be super grounded, but you have Ava and you have Michael Starberry, who was a showrunner, and they they teamed up together on When They See Us and were Emmy nominated for that project. So you know, being being able to learn from all of them, it's kind of you're just like you with Colin, who's one of the, you know the goats in his sport. You're with, with with Ava, who's obviously just you know, I mean, shit. Like you know, there's no there, there's nothing higher in terms of creation and just art, and, and you talk about just, you know. An intelligent, incredible human being. Just to, just her walking in the room and just like, oh shit! Like, I was gonna say, like, are you shitting your pants in these like <laughs> meetings? And his dad's I, I a five-time you. all-star, man. He's used to being around. Yeah, legends, I, guess I guess so, man. No, dealing with her is on a whole another level. She walks in the room and it's like I'm automatically questioning everything I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I'm good enough to be here. Like, what the fuck am I thinking? I need to get out of here. Like, right. I'm about to embarrass myself. But she's honestly great to work with. Starberry, we had a relationship. We uh, created Legends of Chamberlain Heights together. Yep. He voiced the character on that show. So he's, it's funny when you look at, you know, just talented writers, like he can write comedy, he can write drama. And it's really like, he's a unicorn. There's not many people like him because normally you get typecast. And, and it was even funny for me coming on to that project. I got a super comedy background that, that, that ended up being more of a drama with levity. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you learn how to do stuff. I'm adaptable. I adjusted. And to be able to work and learn from Ava and Starberry and obviously working with Colin as well is like, you know, that that's like the, the A squad. Like, what else do you want in life? Oh, like, you it's know? incredible, man. Yeah. it's Like, did you bang out a lot of the show, again, pre-pandemic? Like, that you were in the rooms together or did some of it, like, trickle into, like, Zoom meetings and stuff like that? I mean, eventually eventually shifted to Zoom and stuff. Yeah. Thankfully, we were at a great place with everything that we were doing. And, and Netflix was super happy with everything we had going on. And Colin and his team were super happy. So... Towards the tail end, the last few months of the room, we were definitely pandemic, but we got a bunch of talented writers and creatives, so we adjusted. I'm sure, like, you guys have, like, everybody has. Well, yeah, because that's got, it's difficult, right? I mean, we've done it with the show. It's like, I don't think the show is as great as it is when we're usually all together. I know you guys are doing the same with Dunk Bait, doing it remotely, but it must have definitely an impact on, especially writing, like, a scripted series like that, I would think. I think, obviously, Hollywood is dealing with, and like we were saying, like you're talking about the bubble and there being a bubble next year. I don't think we really understand the long-term ramifications because everybody's kind of trying to get back into production. And, look, there's a ton of stuff that's already banked, usually like, you know, six months to a year ahead in terms of your content. But we're getting very close to that point where there's not going to be any new shit, so everybody's kind of getting nervous. Like, I'm saying, like, you know, you can only rerun so much stuff. But, you know, have to figure it out. You know, definitely, like, you know, the creative process, the room, like, you want to feed off of each other's energy. So when you're in a room with people, like, I'm sure as you guys know, when you start just feeding off and then there'll be sometimes you're talking about some shit that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And that'll lead to a whole other, you know, journey in the world. I'm like, oh, my God, we just, you know, we came up with something great. So you lose a lot of that. It's hard to stare at the Zoom screen. I'm living, you know, obviously we see each other's backgrounds, but we don't know what's going on on the <laughs> <Yeah>. other side. <laughs> and we're in these whole worlds. I got little kids scrambling around or doing whatever, but. At the end of the day, you kind of deal with it. And I think that's one of the things Ava, as, as a leader, just like, yo, adjust, and, you know, figure it out. Like, <laughs> these are the, this is the situation. Yeah, it's tough, but get it done. Like, get it done to the highest level possible. Well, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. We're honestly oh, excited to be watching that. Yeah, I, I can't wait it. to see it. Um, speaking of dunk bait, I was watching not too long ago. You told a story about how when your college teammate, Matt Barnes, left school, you were still there. You took his Vince Carter Nike shocks. Did he ever come back and try and get them? 
No, the thing, the thing, like when you graduate UCLA, obviously everybody has a locker, and over the course of your four or five years on campus, you're just your locker is like the shoe locker is going to be filled with shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and most of the time, guys leave, they don't grab it. So our managers end up obviously putting it in the trash bag, donating to Goodwill, whatever it may be. So Matt would always we had an Adidas deal at this time, so our Adidas rep would be on our ass. We couldn't wear any other shoes. But Matt's like, fuck that. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the shocks. Like, I'm not wearing, <laughs> I'm not wearing these Kobe two fucking moon boots. <laughs> Even though I got a funny story about Matt, real quick. Like, so we got, we we were like the Adidas feeder school. So our, my first year, my freshman year, we got the, the new Kobe's when they first came out. They were awesome. We got like 15 pair, great shoe. Then the next year, they brought the, like the Audi moon boots. And they tried yep. to give it to us. And I remember literally just putting these like cement boots on. So Matt takes the shoes and literally like cuts them in the front and like cuts them all around. Just to make him lighter, he ends up with a whole other shoe, but like of his Kobe too, because he literally just doesn't give a fuck. I can't play in this. That's like that's like the scene in a movie, like a space movie. Like they got a space shuttle, they got to lose weight, so they got to just cut things off it, like the Martian or something. Open this box and it's like, oh my god, this shit, this shit look great. Like the gray from the box, sleek. Like oh, then you put them on, you're like, hold like, like what's going on, dude? Like why why are my feet so heavy? Like why can't it was literally like straight cement block. So Ooh. he was like, nah, bro, give me some scissors. I'm cutting through these. I'm gonna cut the whole the whole top part off and make it more aerodynamic. Matt Barnes sounds exactly like you would imagine in college. A living legend. Not even <laughs> <laughs> well, Josiah, everybody who follows you on Twitter knows you've got a meme for the strangest of news in sports, so I thought we'd end things with the game. I'll give you a fake headline of something that might happen inside the bubble. You tell us what meme we're gonna use, all right? Go. Oh. Brooke and Robin Lopez break quarantine spotted on Flash Mountain. I would say for them, I'd probably use something from like a Game of Thrones, one of those big ass ogres, and <laughs> I was walking around amongst the little people with them, them walking around Disneyland. But can you imagine? Honestly, those two dudes. I hope cameras are following them because I know they wanted to like switch hotels and stuff. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> They're so into it, man. They're like, no, we got to be closer to these rides in this park. Like, having those dudes on the same team, honestly, like, they're, they're the most fascinating, hilarious human beings. And I can only imagine them literally, like, game six, sneaking out to, like, go get on Splash Mountain and fucking risking, risking the Bucks whole championship because they wanted, they wanted to go to the, the park and, and get a turkey leg. Yeah, I don't know what's a funnier matchup. Uh, either LeBron quarantining with JR, Dion Waiters, and JaVale McGee, or the fact that Brooke and Robin Lopez are at Disney World and they can't go. It's hilarious. Uh, I think Brooke said today, we'll see how long Adam Silver can keep us out of the park. I guess we will see. It's a challenge. Like it's, a movie. it's on. That feels, it's like, honestly, that feels like a TV show or a movie that would be a hitter, like. They can't even go. They just have to look at it every day. <laughs> it's so mean. It actually is so mean. Yeah, it's just dangling the stake right in front of their face oh. and they can't reach it. Oh, All right, next headline. NBA players have started a TikTok influencer house inside Disney resorts. Oh, hmm. for that, honestly, I would probably grab, you know, I'm, I'm not the most versed TikToker, but I would grab something from that space, you know, from, uh, you know, the big, the D'Amelios or whatever. I mean, I know, I know a couple of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the buzzword, the buzzword TikTok, man. I know they were all <laughs> at NBA weekend. So maybe I would probably do something with, with I think the, the, the girls that like stole them the dance and didn't, you know, didn't know where mm-hmm. the dance originator came from. So I'd probably have the other girl, I forget her name, but uh, the one that came in and they flew in. Yep. I'd probably do something with her to kind of to mock that. I'd have to figure out what the copy would be, but that's how my <laughs> mind kind of churns when you, when I see those type of things. So you're not you're not into the deep into the TikTok game. 
I've seen too much stuff about kind of the, the Chinese government, how much information they have. And I think, you know, looking at the Rona and, and everything going on, I think Americans have proven themselves to be pretty fucking stupid and, and way, too, way too public with their info. And it's like, you have this thing now on your app, and now let's pretend like your dad works at the NSA or something. You're sitting making TikToks, and they literally, that's not even the point. It's just a Trojan horse to get in to fucking all his information and shit. It feels like it feels like that's kind of the thing. It's like we're too dumb to realize it. All they, they're just like, oh, just give them an app where they can do dances. And that whole platform, I don't want to get started on it, but it's just like, I mean, how many kids are going to do the same exact dance? Like, is anybody going to do a different dance? I mean, I'm just like... No, no. One dance lasts for, like, 10 years. People are going to be doing the Fortnite dance on Jumbotrons for millennium at this point. Uh, we just, we just like. sound old right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm exactly. Sorry, but I'm just wondering. Like, I mean, I see this, like, all right, I'm seeing, I saw LeBron and them getting into it. And it's like, bro, you're, you're growing, LeBron. You're almost as old as me. But <laughs> I tried it for, like, a, a week and a half. And I'm just like, uh, I mean, I can yeah. see a future in this, but... I'm, I'm almost 40 and I just, I wouldn't, you know, yeah, I can't have my kids looking at me make TikToks. I just can't I think you made the too. right decision. <laughs> uh, same, same here. We haven't, we haven't gone that route yet. I don't think we can. We're too old. We're too old. We're not that good at dancers either. Wow. We did it Speak once for, for like two hours straight and people, people were disgusted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> final headline. Chris Paul hits buzzer beater to win game seven of the finals. No one around to celebrate. I don't know how to make anything with that because I don't think that that would ever happen in any. Oh <laughs> wow! <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Um, oh damn! With the thunder too. Oh wow! Honestly, I'd have to be in the moment for that one to be rocking. Because if, if that happened, like nobody would expect it. That would be the craziest mm-hmm. shit ever. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I got. I just got one more question. If you're in the bubble and you had to pick one of your dunk bait co-hosts to be in a bubble with, like you're a roomie with, so really I'm asking, who wouldn't you want to be in the bubble with? Is it LeJethro or Zach, and why? Ooh, that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a honestly a great call. I don't know. Ooh, <laughs> both of them will hate me if they see this. I don't <laughs> the other one. Damn, I'll probably say the Jethro just because he'll crack me up the whole time, and he's fucking, he's on a whole other wavelength. Obviously, just like creatively, like the, this, the shit this dude thinks about, it, just like bro, I have to tell him every day, like bro, you're a genius. Like, like <laughs> I don't think he realizes. Like you're like you're just like having a normal conversation. You went on this whole other thing, and him and Dragonfly together, you know, are fucking one of the deadliest combos I think I've ever seen. So probably the Jethro. No disrespect to Zach. Zach's my boy. Me and Zach know each other a long time, but I think me and Zach would get tired of each other after a while. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. You guys are doing great work, honestly, with the dunk bait. I know we were talking right before we recorded that you guys were just hitting your stride right before, of course, then the pandemic hits and you're still doing it. You're still rocking it, but remotely is a little different uh, as I'm sure you can speak to. No, I appreciate it. And I want to thank you guys too for help laying that foundation. Obviously, you know, before we, we started rolling, like, you know, even, even the starters on NBA TV, kind of really set all this off into motion and made a lot of us realize, like, yo, we can actually fucking get on, like, we get on television and become fucking celebrities. You know? Holy <laughs> shit, if these guys can do it, we can absolutely do it. Yeah, and and, not even, and that's just, exactly how it should be, totally. But watching you guys blow up socially and just build your following, you kind of are guys that always been, like, you know, just, you know, in this game before it was really a thing, NBA, Twitter, whatever this world that we've kind of created sure. is, you would see, like, you know, you got these people at the top that kind of felt like it was just an unattainable situation, but then you just saw, like, guys like yourself work hard, fucking put out a great quality product and get rewarded and be uber successful. Just like, you know, it's a thing in Hollywood sometimes, like a person like myself who doesn't have enough credits, they'll look and be like, oh, well, you don't have the star power. I was like, no, motherfucker, we've got the talent. Like, right, like right. it's all there. Just give, you know, you give us a resources, like, we'll make this shit a hit. Like, yeah. 
You know what I mean? So to see what you guys were able to do, I know a lot of us are following in your footsteps. So I told you, you didn't have me on the show, man. I super appreciate it. You've got to pay homage to y'all because y'all are the you're shit, You're getting man. those like, credits right now, man. So <laughs> you're I'm trying to catch man. up. And, I, you know, I'm looking forward to, what you know, obviously the shit you guys are doing now, but, you know, getting y'all back on fucking TV, getting your flares out. I know I know what it's doing now. <laughs> I know how uh, things go. We're just surviving with a podcast right now. And you know what? We love it. It's fantastic. No, thank you so hey. much, though, for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank yeah. you, guys. So much fun. Josiah, if the people don't know, let them know where they can follow you online. Uh, King Josiah 54 on Instagram or Twitter. I won't waste your time with any other platforms. Like my TikTok is trash. Check the TikTok. Uh, <laughs> Facebook and YouTube are both. Like people go on the YouTube like, oh, like this is the same Josiah? Like, yeah, like you got like eight followers, dog. But, uh, but yeah, Twitter, Twitter and Instagram, I'm super heavy. You guys can find me, you know, hit me up. I'm super easy to reach. And you want to talk shit, keep it to yourself because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. You can follow No Dunks. At No Dunks Inc. on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you still got time to email us questions for tomorrow's episode of Beach Steppin' at nodunks at theathletic.com. Take it away, Tassie. Thank you for joining us. And remember, watch Colin in black and white on Netflix. Cannot wait for that. Brace the day, people. You could stay.